This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And uh, the sous chef who is busy making snowballs, uh, Frank <laughs> and Proctor angels. Here. I and saw angels. You out there yeah, and I've got my leather jacket on, you know, and here I am laying in the snow making the angels. Mm-hmm. And it, but that beautiful scarf you were wearing oh, that yes. Di made you Boy, certainly yeah. was keeping you cozy. Yeah, she's, she's into weaving. Uh, yeah. got this small little loom, you know, yeah. and just loves it. And so uh, she, in the next uh, week or so, she'll be busy making uh, Charlie a scarf. Oh, I think so. It's, it's I put in my, my request. Well, it's simply my way of ingratiating myself into your good graces <laughs> once again, because I think I've blown it with you. Uh, More than once. Well, yes. Yes, that's true. However, uh, this is the Garden Show. Yes, however. it is. Right we are. And uh, the phone numbers to reach Charlie here at AM740 Zoomer Radio, very simple. In Toronto, call this number, 416-360-0740. And then anywhere else in the province, Toll free, don't pay a nickel, just give it a call, 1-866-740-4740. As I walked out this morning, I looked out the window, actually, and I, oh, I didn't, didn't realize. Prepare for yeah, this. No, where's my, my dog sled? Where's my winter shoes? They're at home, because I didn't think it was going to snow. <laughs> I, just, I told you, you're supposed to look at the weather before what? you leave home. <laughs> did, David, did you get that forecast last night? No, no. See, the weather guys do this to you. Okay, you know what? First thing I do on Friday afternoons is oh, check the weather. We go. Yeah, you know no. why? This is two Saturday mornings in a row where no snow all winter, but all of a sudden it's snowing every Friday night. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, Charlie's yeah. right once again. I was yeah. going to say a little... I, I feel like a little kid being chastised by his mother. Okay. All right. All right. Okay, well, some announcements. Okay. You asked me, and you're absolutely right, the Great Backyard Bird Count is now on. Yeah. Started yeah. yesterday. It's a four-day event. So it's, you know, Friday through till Monday. Um, you can get involved very easily by going to uh, the website, www.birdsource.org. And uh, it's, very, it's got a, a running tally. Right. Of the number of yeah. people who are out counting and uh, sending in their sheets because you, you count varieties and quantity of bird within a certain time frame. And so it's pretty, it's pretty interesting. In the first day of the count, which was yesterday, yeah. I checked this about 9 p.m., 8,000 checklists had already been submitted. Okay. Uh, this, this is all is, done electronically. I mean, that's right. And it's a, computer. Yeah. all over North America. Um, and over 700,000 birds had already been counted. As of 9 wow. p.m. last night. So what's kind of neat, um, of course, Ontario has got more counters than the rest mm-hmm. of Canada. There's, you know, more, more people kind of submitting stuff. Oh, wait, where did it go? I've got somewhere in one of these pieces of paper. Uh, what's kind of cool is on t- in Ontario, of course, the thi- what they've been counting the most of is things like juncos and seagulls and, yeah, you know, yeah. nothing that's super exciting. But, uh, so where am I here? 8,000 checklists. 
It's in here somewhere. Oh, there we are. 1,200 house sparrows and goldfinches in Ontario as mm-hmm. of yesterday, last, last night. But one great horned owl had been spotted and an eastern bluebird. Huh. Yeah, need it. Well, there you go. I, I saw an interesting report. I forget what program it was on, but it was just the fact that the snowy owls, for some reason or other, are going way down into the states, mm. and this is almost unheard of. You yeah. know, they they don't they leave the Arctic area and go down that far, and for some reason, it's happening. I don't know. Yeah, I saw a video of one that yeah. was yeah down Vermont area. Pretty, pretty looking <clears throat> things, really. Yeah. They are. Yeah. All right, so besides counting birds yeah. this weekend, uh, something that's kind of fun to do, and this is going on right through until the middle of April, happening at the Royal Botanical Gardens, it's an exhibit called Chocolate. Mm. It, uh, it's, the exhibition is all about indulging the visitor in a captivating journey from chocolate's ancient beginnings to today's multi-billion dollar industry, exploring the cultural links with the natural world, and of course eating chocolate. Mm-hmm. There's supposed to be a pretty good, dark chocolate in particular. Right? It's supposed I to be good for you. Good. Exactly. Yeah. This Monday, Family Day, uh, Happy Family Day in advance, uh, promises to be a chocolate extravaganza because, of course, families can immerse themselves in this world of chocolate, learn how to make delicious treats, and, of course, chow down on more chocolate. So RBG, um, at the center there, the RBG Center, uh, every day from 10 a.m. till 5 p.m., they're op- the exhibit is open. Uh, also at the RBG Center this Thursday night, 7 o'clock, 7 p.m., you can join Alex Henderson. We had Alex on the show in the summer, actually. He's the curator of collections and the horticulturalist at the Royal Botanical Gardens. He's exploring some of the obvious and not so obvious and downright unusual projects that RBG staff is involved with. Hmm. Uh, as well, he will teach you all about what goes on behind the scenes in the living museum of the RBG. And there, for those listeners, now you've already said it, but RBG is Royal Botanical Gardens. Uh, absolutely, yes. my mistake. Thank you very much. Which, of course, is in Burlington. On just the want to feel Road. superior for even a, a nanosecond there. <laughs> I know. Don't you hate that? People using acronyms <laughs> and not explaining them. Uh, so um, do stay tuned. Uh, coming up in a little while, we have a special guest joining us, Albert Graves floral designer extraordinaire, will be joining us to tell us a little bit about what he's doing at Canada Blooms this year. Okay, and we will be B-I-A-M, which is back in a moment, <laughs> uh, here at the Charlie Dobbin Garden Show uh, on this beautiful Saturday. It's actually quite lovely out there, it really is. Uh, just be prepared for it, wear your winter boots, okay? <laughs> so we're warned. Uh, David Gaskin lining up the phone calls. My gosh, we've got a full slate of callers waiting to talk to you, Charlie, right after these words. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size, there's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem, well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Hey, that's kind of cute. That's pretty a funny. new little addition to the I'm like, show. I'm, there's like a mosquito flying around they're in called, here, right? They're called bumpers, more or less, you know. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, Annie, yeah, here we are. The The garden show is on the air. Charlie Dobbin sitting beside me in studio as we get set to meander off to Meaford and say hi to Shane. Good morning, Shane. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Charlie. We love your show up here in Meaford. A lot of us listen to it. Hey, oh, great. Thank you. And we do have uh, a bit of weather up here today, but it's not serious. It's been the mildest winter uh, that I can remember. And I actually wanted to ask you guys about weather in Ontario and soil conditions. Mm-hmm. If we were ever to leave this snowbelt area and move to a more moderate area, mm-hmm. which area of the province uh, would have the best soil and uh, climate in terms of sunshine and temperatures and so on? Are we talking? 
talking the Niagara region or would we be talking about the Lehman scenario? I think you would find that um, many of the residents in the Niagara area would jump up and down and say, we have the best. We have the best soil. We have the best climate. They have the moderating uh, lakes on both sides. So temperatures tend to be always very temperate. I call it the banana belt because it's just uh, but we're usually, a wonderful place to garden. I live in St. Garden. Catharines, and we're usually four or five degrees cooler, uh, or rather warmer, yeah. than uh, than here in Toronto. Yeah, and think of Toronto being so yeah. closely. And, of course, I'm up north of Toronto where it's just that many more degrees cooler yeah. because I'm that much further away from the lake. So, honestly, Shane, if you could afford it, where I would move <laughs> to would be that, that beautiful Garden City area of uh, St. Catharines and Niagara-on-the-Lake. And I was down there this past week, and it was looking real pretty. Uh, and I'll tell you, they're pretty proud of, of living there and, and gardening in that area because they have great success. All right. And Charlie, in terms of your memory, have you experienced a milder winter yourself? N- not in Canada. Wow. I, I keep yeah. thinking of this as the winter that wasn't. You know, it just yeah. it just hasn't happened. And I mean, I don't think the gardens are going to suffer a ton because of it, because it's been mild, even though there's been no snow. It hasn't been super cold. So I don't think we'll see a lot of death of plants. But what I'm worried about is that we won't see a lot of death of some of the pest insects that will have survived this winter. So uh, that's my concern come spring and summer. I think we're going to see quite some large populations of insects, both beneficial and not beneficial. Okay, so getting back to my original question, you definitely give a nod to Niagara over Essex County. Is that it? I, I, yeah. I think so. I, I think that if you did an interview of, of some people who live in those various places, it, it might come out pretty even. But if I had my druthers, that's where I would go. All right. Thanks, <laughs> Well, good luck in the move. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Thanks very much, Shane, for calling in. The Garden Show on the air from AM740. Charlie Dobbin, our master gardener, and I'm Frank Proctor, saying hi to Ruth, who's calling in from Whitby. Hello, Ruth. Good morning. Good morning. Hi. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Um, Frank, I have some advice for you. Uh-oh. <laughs> if you tune in to AM740, as I do, you will hear the weather regularly. You won't be surprised without your winter. Go, Ruth, go. That wasn't a slap on the wrist. That was a smack on the bum. (laughs) Well, that's just my suggestion. Well, I think that's a... Every morning and listen and find out what the weather's going to be for that day and whatever days are... You got me. You got me, Ruth. Okay. Okay, nice to talk to you. Thank you for taking the call. Our pleasure. I received a lot of um, uh, birthday gifts in the form of plant Mm -hmm. and flowers, Mm -hmm. and I just wanted a little advice because I've got a beautiful azalea here Mm. blooming, and I want to know exactly what I should do to preserve it so we hopefully can put it out in the spring in the garden. Oh, you should be able to, no problem. Have you got a sunny windowsill somewhere? Yes. Great. Keep it in that sunny windowsill. It loves the brightness Uh that you'll get during the day. It doesn't mind the cool that happens in the evening as long as it isn't too cool. Uh Uh, And the trick with azalea, I guess two tricks. One is you water them more often than you would expect. Okay. It's very hard to overwater an azalea. Uh, I mean, you don't want it to sit in water all the time, but you'll find, feel the surface of the soil. They're, they're planted into peat moss, so they are, is, you know, you can tell right away when they start to feel a little bit hard and dry. Right. Keep, the, keep that plant moist, and remember to turn it in the window 180 degrees every couple of days just to keep the, the new growth balanced. Okay. The flowers will finish 
more green leaves will continue to grow come spring. Great idea. Get it outside. You won't go into full sun outside. You'll go into preferably sun and shade outside or even pretty much dappled uh, sun, mostly shade area. Mm -hmm. And you'll find that by the end of the summer, it will have set a whole bunch of buds and it'll start flowering again next fall when you bring it in. So if we planted it on the um, east side Mm -hmm. where we get morning light, would that be... That's yes. the yep. Yeah, that's the best. And a nice gentle morning light. Yes. All okay. Right. There you that's go. That's great. And also, I did get um, uh, some uh, tulips and daffodils mm-hmm. in pots. Now, mm-hmm. what do we do with them? They're finished flowering. And uh, so you cut off I... cut off the dead flowers. Yes. And then you've got little green leaves. Yes. Uh, leave them in a, a bright spot in your home. Water only as necessary. Now, those you can allow to dry down substantially more than the azalea Uh but you will water as necessary slowly but surely the leaves will start to turn yellow it might take six or eight weeks eventually the leaves are just going to die right off and of course you'll be less lessening your watering as the plant is slowing down Mm -hmm. and then if you wish come spring uh, when the ground is all thawed and you're out in the garden those dormant tulip and daffodil bulbs can be planted out in your garden for flowering the following spring outside Okay, so we do water them now until the the leaves and stems are finished and mm-hmm. then slow down on the watering. That's right. And you'll okay. find that as the leaves are finishing, you're just not going to be watering much at all. All right. Okay. Uh, Ruth, before I let you go, uh, yeah. were, were I a vindictive person after that really left hook to my solar plexus about the weather? Uh, you are a regular listener of the show, and you know <laughs> what our mantra is, one question per caller. You know? Right. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I thought that was pretty swift. Yeah. You know? Smooth. <laughs> Patrolman Proctor putting away the ticket book for this moment. <laughs> have a great, right. have a great day in Whitby. Call early, call often, you, and only one, one question. question per call. You <laughs> <Okay>. got it. <laughs> Thank I you. Thanks, Ruth. A momentary lap in judgment. There. Oh, you're yes. just mad because Ruth slapped well, you on the side did, of the head. She did, and she got me good too. She did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we have to take a little bit of a break, Nick. Now, and wait, wait, you sp- talk about breaking. I'm doing a break dance now. Let me uh, get up. I was going to say, hey, oh, heads right, up there. I'm moving <laughs> and I'm grooving. Oh yes, he's scary. I tell you, and you know what it is? It's Sierra Sil. Now, Sierra Sil doesn't make you wacky. What Sierra Sil does is it makes helps you be pain free. So you can be active, you can be break dancing like Frank is as we speak. It's great for boomers that are wanting freedom to maintain their favorite activities, whether it's dancing, snow shoveling, gardening, or kickboxing. It can reduce aches and stiffness. So Sierra Sil is a very simple mineral supplement that both Frank and I take and can attest that it works for us. You can try it, pick it up at your local health food store such as Foods for Life uh, in the Bloor West Village in Toronto and all the Whole Foods markets carry it as well. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor, here along for the ride on a good-looking Saturday morning, snow nonetheless. But uh, it's going to get mild. Yeah, you know, three mine, degrees, something exactly. like that. It's pretty mushy out there even now. Exactly. Mm. Uh, let's see. Lori, Lori yes. from Bowmanville has a shrub. Let's find out what's going on there. Hi, Lori. Hi. Good morning, you guys. Morning. I planted... Um, a new garden last year, and I planted three pyrus, mm-hmm. uh, mountain flower, mm-hmm. mountain fire, mountain I think fire, yep, pyrus, yep. 
and they've stayed exactly the same as when I planted them. They grew a little bit, but I would have thought they would have lost their leaves. Oh, no, no, they are an evergreen. They're an, uh, what's considered a broad-leafed evergreen. Okay. Similar to a euonymus or a rhododendron, um, you know, periwinkle. These are all broad-leafed evergreens. So what should I be doing with it in the spring? Well, tell me something. When did you plant it? What time of year? Uh, it was probably about May. Okay. So it's an interesting um, point you've brought up. It's the idea that when you plant something in the spring, there it is in the garden through this, you know, spring and summer and fall, and you didn't see a lot of action above ground. It looks pretty much the same. Right. But it looks fine. It looks healthy. You're not seeing brown leaves or yellow or anything like that. Right. So what's going on is very, very good. The plant is thriving, but it's thriving underground. It's growing roots to get established to be ready for, you know, a long future in your garden. And that's exactly what you want. You want a plant to show very little above ground growth that first year. You want all the energy to go into roots. Okay. So that's good. So in the spring, uh, assuming that it, you know, it should look, as you said, pretty much the same. Uh, It will be green and shiny leaves in the spring. Right. The the new growth that will start to emerge on the variety you have called mountain fire will be red. So you'll get red leaves on the tips as it starts to shoot out some new growth on the tips. It will also flower in the spring with white flowers. It's a very pretty plant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then and then it'll be a green shrub for the rest of the summer and, and, you know, do the same thing the following spring. Well, do you prune it like you would prune a Euronymus, you know, to k- kind of keep the shape? Because I find when it grows, it kind of, whatever I got on it last year was just like one piece shooting out, you know, mm-hmm. and um, it's not compact, It's which is fine. I don't, I don't really want a compact plant, but I would like some uniformity. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't prune quite as heavily as we do our euonymus because it's not quite as vigorous as euonymus. Okay. It is a plant that has very specific requirements, similar to blueberries and rhododendrons. It loves an acidic soil, so a low pH. Okay. One thing you can do is when you're fertilizing it this spring, ensure that you're using the right fertilizer, and it will be a fertilizer for acid-loving plants. It'll say right on it, rhododendron food, and then if you read the fine print, it'll say, use this on pieris and magnolia and blueberries. Uh, so do use, like I say, an acid-loving plant fertilizer in the spring. Okay. Wait until it's done its flowering before you do any trimming. So for sure, you can trim, you know, some tips, tidy it up a little bit once it's finished flowering. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Sounds there you, good. There you go. It's a pretty plant. It's a lovely plant. Yeah. I, good for you for planting it. A lot of people don't. I'm sorry. What was the name of it again? Pieris. P-I-E-R-I-S. Ah. Okay. Yeah. There's, I don't think there's a common name. I think it's just always called Pieris. It's, so it's a bit unusual. You've never heard, and nobody's ever asked us a question about that plant. But it's there very you nice. Are. Another first there. on the garden. Write that down. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for calling, Lori. Thanks, Lori. Bye. Take Bye-bye. care now. Bowmanville uh, answers the, the question. And uh, we have a special guest coming up here. We, we do. Yes. We, I'll give you a little background on the, our special guest. His All name right. is Albert Graves. He is, as I was telling you before the show, a, an extraordinary floral designer. He takes the most odd things and puts them together in the most odd ways, that, but they're mind-bogglingly good when he does some of his installations. Ultra creative. Ultra. And Albert has been involved with Canada Blooms right from the beginning. He's been doing showpiece 
um, exhibits, you know, entrance, mm-hmm. wacky stuff right from the beginning. But this year, he's he's not so much involved in exhibiting the entrance to the show. He's got two areas where he's going to be concentrating. So I want uh, him to tell us a little bit about what he's got going on this year. But before we do that, of course, Canada Blooms, to give everybody a little intro, in case they're not, haven't heard of it, is Toronto's huge, big flower and garden festival. Happens every March. And of course, it's on this year for 10 whole days. It from- starts on the 16th of uh, um, March through yep. the 25th. That's right. right. And it's open every day from 10 a.m. to 9 p.m., except Sundays it closes at 5. What's unusual this year is 10 days, so twice as long as it's ever been in the past. Mm-hmm. It's always been a five-day show. And it's uh, what we're calling co-locating with the National Home Show. So wow. your one ticket in the door takes you into two separate shows. I think that's a great idea. Well, really it's, it's huge. I mean, I mean they complement each other, obviously, you know. Yeah, for sure, because you've got the home show and all yeah. the home beautification, renovation, new stuff. And it's, uh, of course, Canada Blooms is all about the outdoor living and lifestyles and the flowers and gardens. And, yeah, sure. And, of course, this is all happening at the Direct Energy Centre Exhibition Place in downtown Toronto. And, uh, and so let's say hello to Albert. Hey, Albert, are you there? Good morning, Charlie. How are you doing? Hi, Albert. Excellent. This is Frank. Frank. How are you? I am well, thank you very much. Good. I heard lots about you. Yeah, I understand that she (laughs) pre-warned you. (laughs) I always like to warn our guests about Frank. (laughs) Well, welcome to the show anyway. Okay. (laughs) So, Albert, this year you are involved in the the big display you're getting involved in this year is for Pick Ontario. Am I right? That is completely correct. All right. What is Pick Ontario? What is Pick Ontario? Pick Ontario is is a marketing organization that pretty much promotes all the cut flowers and the plants that are grown in Ontario under glass. Mm. So that means like every greenhouse uh, for cut flowers and plants in Ontario uh, are, are, spot, are promoted um, by Pick Ontario. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's almost like a brand recognition. Like once you start to see the uh, the sign for Pick Ontario, you know that this is going to be growing in, like literally uh, in a hundred to one hundred fifty kilometer radius. So it's part of that grow local, eat local, buy local kind Enjoy of local. Cons- yeah. yeah, completely support. You know, it's, yeah. a, it's an environmentally friendly program. It's 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 all about uh, you know the carbon footprint. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really good. And you know the fun thing is is and especially when I see it at Canada Blooms. Uh, people have no clue what is being grown in Ontario, and mm. every time are completely stunned with it. Like, you know, if I have anthuriums that uh, uh, are a very tropical flower that are grown right here in Ontario, people kind of go like, wow, we didn't even know that was even possible. Anthuriums. And that is what Pick Ontario is all about, is to actually uh, bring the awareness to consumers mm-hmm. what is grown locally. Right, because you're right. It's, uh, I was down this week visiting some greenhouses, looking at some products that will be coming to Canada Blooms. And you're right. I mean, we're talking like acres and acres of orchids and calancho and uh, ornithogalums. I mean, all kinds of stuff. It was just um, just beautiful. Jasmine, all blooming. Now, this and, is all from greenhouses, right, correct? under glass. Yeah. Greenhouse. yeah. No. The, the, the Pick Ontario brand is like whatever is growing under, under glass. Right. Uh, and then, as far as I understand, it needs to be a certain size of greenhouse. Like, if, if they fall under a certain size of greenhouse, which then generally means the bigger greenhouses, the, uh, 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 yeah, the bigger greenhouses, those are the ones that are under Pick Ontario brand. Right, and so they basically created this marketing association, support it financially, and a lot of advertising is done on their behalf. 
Correct. And yeah. you are setting up a big display on behalf of Pick Ontario. Well, exactly. You know, we, we've been involved with Canada Blooms. Like, Pick Ontario uh, started roughly about four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been in Canada, with Canada Blooms, like, pretty much, I heard you say, like, right from the beginning, mm-hmm. uh, which was what, uh, Charlie? Like, what, 16 years ago. Years ago or yeah, something? yeah, exactly. That's, in- that's crazy. Like, you know, th- this is a show, you know, I love Canada Blooms, and you must do the same thing. Like, you know, mm-hmm. this is a show that we live for. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's just fantastic because, you know, everybody that comes into the show is all excited and, oh, happy. and you know, there's this, this huge chemistry going on mm-hmm. at that show. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, so anyway, Pick Ontario um, sets up a, a big, huge display um, at Canada Blooms. Well, you set it up. They don't well, set it I up. I set it up. <laughs> they, they spend it. It's under their name. Yes. Um, I set it up. And what I do is I've got about 13 growers that I represent this year mm-hmm. um, that are actually having a display within this so that people can see um, you know, what is being grown in Ontario. So that's each, each display is individual. So it's a display, for instance, from a Pioneer Flower Farm, mm-hmm. and they grow beautiful tulips. Mm-hmm. Um, so people can actually come into the booth and look at this display that says Pioneer Flower Farm and like, wow, is this grown in Ontario? Right. Lily, they do lilies and amaranth, or amaryllis and all kinds of Absolutely. cool bulbs. Absolutely. You know, we have uh, cosmic plants, for instance. Cosmic is uh, a grower that grows, uh, I don't know how many orchids per week, mm-hmm. uh, Phalaenopsis orchids, and we have a display for them. Nice. But, so, by the way, we also are setting up... Um, for Cosmic, a couple of really large planters at the main entrance, as well oh, as right. at the uh, HGTV uh, stage. Right. right. So, but yeah, you know, again, people don't know that gro- that orchids are grown in Ontario, mm-hmm. um, and that is pretty much what this is all about: is to create awareness of what is growing. You know, I've, I've driven down the highway many times and looked over and have seen these huge uh, greenhouses. And Westbrook is right. And, on and yeah, and, and I am wondering: uh, is that uh, a specific kind of glass that's used in the greenhouses, or? No, no, no. The, the no? greenhouses are just pretty much set up as like very, uh, um, uh, very. Um, energy efficient uh-huh. uh so I, I don't know if it's actually a specific glass no it's um, not it's, usually well i mean it's tempered glass it's safety glass but right. other than that yeah. generally no yeah. and it depends on the age of the greenhouse there's a lot of different kind of styles out there Correct. Yeah. and they can get real expensive because they can get real computerized yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially if you if you drive in the st Catharines area there's yeah. like greenhouse after greenhouse yeah. after yeah. greenhouse yeah. Mm-hmm. And people more normally drive by and don't have an idea about what's grown inside. Mm-hmm. Um, so in a lot of them, it's actually horticultural products, and mm-hmm. that's the awareness that we're creating at Canada Blooms. So the Pick Ontario displays you're sending out, you, you mentioned 13 growers, which yeah. you'll have beautiful displays on their behalf. Correct. As well, uh, Twining's Tea is part of that display this year. Well, that that's, was kind of like a, 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 a new little swing this year that we kind of brought in. Uh, I was asked a question in the beginning, like, know how would you feel about teaming up with Twining's tea like having them in the same display and I immediately said you know that's a fantastic connection because Drinking tea and looking at flowers is just a wonderful thing to do. Doesn't get any better than that. It doesn't get better than well, that. Well, so maybe we a martini. Have, uh, <laughs> within the Pick Ontario booth, we have Twining's Tea, and they're going to be um, doing samples so people can actually come over. They've got some tables set up. Uh, people can sit there, have a little bit of a tea tasting, mm-hmm. and then they can enjoy our beautiful flowers and plants that are growing here. And, pu- and buy as well. You'll be selling plants. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, that's that's what I personally do. I set up in the area. I said to, because I I know from experience that people when they see it on display, they want uh, it. They they want to buy it. <laughs> so it's kind of like a security thing because otherwise, you know, the displays get emptied out. That's right. So what we do is Don't we touch. actually sell the products right there. <laughs> Boy, the fragrance must be absolutely incredible. Yeah. Oh, in, in yeah. the direct energy and, center. And Frank, that's one of those things. Like you know, uh, fresh flowers and plants make us feel better, and fragrance is is part of that. Mm-hmm. Like you know, usually after five men. Of uh, five months of doom and gloom in, in <laughs> yeah. with yeah. the weather. Now all of a sudden you go to Canada Blooms, you go into the Pick Ontario display, and you and you get just you just get rejuvenated. Sometimes I think it's the oxygen that the plants are putting out is part of it. But then you're right. There's all that fragrance and aroma and soil yeah. and all that yummy stuff. Absolutely. Albert, I know you're a floral designer. Is there any advice, pardon me, that you would give to someone who is just kind of starting out with? Uh, very, very basic things that they should start thinking about uh, when trying to be a floral when, designer or, when, or when to get work, into it. How to work with flowers? Like yeah, a couple of you know, a couple of basic things. Um, always cut your fresh flowers before you put them in water. Uh, no, you know, whenever we get a bouquet of flowers from uh, from the store, always give them a little fresh cut, like to cut an inch off the stem before you put them in water. You've got roughly about fifteen seconds after you cut it to uh-huh. put it in water. I mean, uh-huh. that's a, that's a very important tip. Um, tip number two: take some, you know, take some flower food. Generally, floralized flower food is a good one, um, and add that to the water because it just kind of gives sugar to the flower uh, that has been taken away because we cut it off the root. Right, it prolongs the life of the flower. Absolutely, and it opens them up completely, and it creates more fragrance. So, flower food is important. A fresh cut is important, and then another thing: when you put flowers in a vase, you want to take off all the foliage that goes underwater. Mm-hmm. All right, okay. Because the foliage is not created to go underwater, so mm-hmm. one of the problems that it, that it makes is it grows bacteria underwater, and bacteria will kill cut flowers. I think I've made that mistake. Yeah, and yeah. you know what's the other tip I learned from Albert one time when I was at one of his speaking engagements was never put flowers into a vase that isn't so clean that you wouldn't drink out of it yourself. <laughs> oh. That's what you said, yeah. and it's true. It's a good rule of thumb, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Yeah. That's, like, you know, that's what I, because, you know, people have all kinds of really strange ideas about what's clean. And, you know, yeah. th- the point is to keep bacteria away from cut flowers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always say, like, you know what, if you're not completely sure if that vase is clean, take a zip yourself. <laughs> take a zip yourself is clean. <laughs> there you go. There you go. It's so tell us, tell us quickly, because I know uh, other than the Pick Ontario display that you'll be setting up and staffing, you also are on stage, the big main stage, celebrity yeah. stage at Canada Blooms. Well, we, we have the big, uh, the big stage that we, uh, the celebrity stage where we, where we are. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw yesterday on the schedule that you are on there a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on there too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, Pick Ontario wants me to do design shows. Uh, we did it last year and the year before, and it's huge. Hugely successful. I know music and we have music dancing. Going on. It's like a party. It sure is. <laughs> a party on stage. We get people to dance. Uh, you know, it's lots of excitement. And then afterwards, I generally the bouquet that I make, I generally gave it away to the person that is like literally the wildest. Oh, it's oh. true. And sometimes these bouquets go. are the size of a small <laughs> car. I mean, they're huge. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, on stage we can't make a little bouquet, so we have to go and do something a little bit more wild. Um, so, you know, depending on the music and depending on how I feel, it'll depend on how big the bouquet gets. It's true. It does get... Does get you just keep adding, though. I've seen you. Well, I, I just think I feel like going out and buying, uh, say, a really good bottle of scotch, and, and you supply that very clean vase, and we'll have a drink. Absolutely. And uh, so, you sound like a fun party guy. So, uh, so, Albert, when are you on stage? Do you know? Um, I'm on stage on... 
on, what is it here, March the 16th on Friday at 1 p.m. That's opening day. That's opening day. Okay. Then March the 20th at 1 p.m. Okay. And that's on a Tuesday. Tuesday. Then Wednesday, March the 21st at 2 p.m. And Saturday, March the 24th at 1 p.m. Excellent. So So. four opportunities to see you and your wildness. Yeah. Well, (laughs) I know I'll be there. (laughs) Talk about me being weird. So you and I will be there anyway. Exactly. We the show, don't we? (laughs) We love the show. <laughs> hey, it's been a real hey, pleasure meeting you, Albert. Thanks so much, Albert. You're welcome. I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Okay, see you there. Okay, All right. Bye. And I don't think I was as bad as you let on there. No, you, you weren't bad you, at all. No, uh, yeah. I just like to warn people about you, <laughs> the undergardener. The undergardener. Well, the undergardener is looking at our, our call line here. We and better my gosh, get to some callers. Uh, poor Evelyn there has been hanging on the line for about 22 minutes. Oh, my goodness. So we've got to take a little bit of a break here, yep. Charlie, okay? I'll repeat the phone numbers, uh, 416 0740 for Toronto callers. Anywhere else in the province, it is toll-free. 1-866-740-4740 and Charlie Dublin shall return. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor, welcoming you aboard. And let's finally get to poor Evelyn, who's been waiting on the line there so long. Hi, Evelyn. Notice I'd been waiting that long. That was such an interesting segment. Oh, great. <laughs> Thank you for waiting. Our apologies. It needs to be clean as you would drink out of it. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It works, too. I've done it. Ever since Albert taught me that, I've had far better success with cut flowers. Now, I know you had three questions that were on your mind, <laughs> but you really do have to decide on one, and then you can immediately call again, you well, know. Well, that's not a problem. I thought maybe Charlie would want to pick uh, if he wants to talk about hibiscus, uh, uh, cactus, or I think it's called a Dixie Plate. Uh, um, Dixie Plate, um, Dixie Bell, uh, the perennial hibiscus. I, uh, the hibiscus uh-huh. is as, it's probably uh, three and a half feet tall and the same wide. It's huge. Mm-hmm. I want to split it, and I'll do that underground if I'm understanding correctly. I'll, you know, like take it... Um, from to the, the earth, subway. I'll split it at the root. <laughs> to the subway. <laughs> Sorry. Frank's off on me being silly here. <laughs> He's always silly. I know. I listen often enough. <laughs> okay. Um, but what I want to know is when I take the, the transplanted, the part I'm going to transplant, can I train that into just being one stem like a tree instead of a big bush? Theoretically, yes, by... Uh, by early when it, after it emerges from the ground uh well actually it's one of the later perennials to emerge but nevertheless once it starts to grow just like any plant you can train it by as soon as a side shoot comes up cut it off when it's sending side shoots cut them off and and force it to stay single stemmed you will need to stake it of course because it gets real top heavy if you're removing all the side shoots and it'll probably get very tall okay um, okay. So, yeah, I mean, you can train things. That's that, nothing that's wrong with that. that's the way to do it. At, that, at, yeah. You do it underground. You do it under the, in the earth to well, split it. Because yeah, I tried rooting cuts, but that doesn't work. No, that doesn't work. And um, you know what? This is a really good question. I Before I answer that question definitively, I need to look it up, and I will report back on that. Cause what, I will be listening next week. Yeah, because what we're talking about here is per, it's a hardy hibiscus. Yeah. It's interesting. Like, we talk about hibiscus all the time. There's tropical yes. inside our homes in the winter with the trumpet-shaped flowers. 
there's that's what I have. have. That's actually what I have. Oh, oh okay. I so, bring it in every year. Okay. Oh, so it's actually a tropical hibiscus that you've got. Yes, I bring it in in the uh, fall, fall and I put it back out in, uh, the in spring. stages in spring. Okay, so it is in your home now. Yes. But right now it's a multi-stemmed shrub. And it's huge. Okay, so sorry, that's uh, so that actually I can tell you exactly what to do. I was thinking we were talking more about the perennial hibiscus, the one that dies down. We leave it outside, it dies down, but the root stays alive and grows back up every spring. Sorry, I wasn't clear. Uh, um, okay, so the tropical hibiscus that you've got, you sh- what I would be doing is I would be taking some cuttings because you absolutely can take cuttings on that plant. It's all in the timing. Wow. And now is your time. The time to take the cuttings and be successful is as the days are getting longer, the plants start to, be cut, to grow more vigorously. Yeah. And this is, well, February, March, optimal time. Take about, you know, four to five inch tip cuttings. Remove any flower buds or, or flowers that are on those tips. Remove the, the lower two leaves from the stems and just put those little stems into a glass of water, making sure where those leaves were is underwater. That's the node yes, where the roots yes. will come from. And it might take two weeks, three weeks. Yeah. You'll speed up rooting if you use a rooting hormone. That's what I use, that and, pink powder. And yeah. I've just never had any success. I've tried so often. And have you tried it this time of year, like in the spring? Can't say that for sure. Yeah, I mean, the fall is tough because okay. the plants you will root, but very, very slowly, and sometimes they'll just die before they ever yeah, get exactly. roots. Okay, well, uh, that's so what I'll do That's now. what I would do. And so I wouldn't try and do any splitting from below ground. You may want to pot the plant into a bigger pot. I've done that whole huge. Yeah, and if it's so huge, you don't want to do that anymore. I've actually taken, if the plant gets so root-bound, but I don't want to give it a bigger pot, I have actually taken it out of the pot, get a big saw, saw or a big butcher knife, and saw off a bunch of roots, and then some, put it back into the and same does that re- pot. reinvigorate the, the plant? And then you've got some room to put some fresh yeah. soil around it, okay. and it'll happily grow, keep growing. And that would be your time if you wanted to really ch- train it up and change the formation of the plant that you could definitely prune out and train it to a single stem if that's okay. what you want to do. Okay? I'll give it a go. All righty. Thank you both. Thanks hey, for thank call. you, Evelyn. Pleasure to talk to you. It's uh, coming around to 9.50 here at AM 740. And do I have to do my break dance again? Well, <laughs> no. it's not that I have to, but I, I like it. I you know, know you so do. I'll you, push my chair back you as Charlie like gets her little active. script. Yeah, my script. All right, here All right. we go. Sierra and do a little bump Sill. And grind. Did you want me to sing? Yeah, we okay. need a song, right? Huh. Oh, yeah. SierraSill.ca <laughs> is the website where you can learn lots more about the product that Frank is referring to. It's actually, um, they've done a lot of research. Uh, it's got, they have a patent in the United States. It's not just one of those, you know, fly by the night, this is going to work kind of things. There's a well, real, real, yeah, it's yeah. proven. There's really good information on the website. If you want more information, you can also phone Vancouver office, which is one eight seven seven joint 14 But if you want to pick up some Sierracil and give it a try, local health food stores, many of them are carrying it. Uh, Goodness Me Natural Food Markets in Burlington, Hamilton, and Waterdown carry Sierracil, as does the Health Planet. And those stores are located in North York, Pickering, Markham, Mississauga, and Scarborough. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size, there's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem, well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Well, let's say hi to a caller from Victoria Harbor, uh, and that is Shirley by name. Shirley, what's it like there in Victoria Harbor this morning? Uh, It's lovely. It's snowing. It's pretty, eh? Just like a winter wonderland. Yes, it is. What have you got in your mind this morning? Old, but I have an amaryllis. Mm-hmm. It's finished blooming. Mm-hmm. It had four beautiful blooms on each stalk. Mm. 
They're gone, but I have four big leaves coming up in the middle. Yep. Uh, so what does that mean? Oh, that it's doing what all bulbs do. It's sending up leaves, which will absorb sunlight and convert that sunlight into carbohydrate, which will fatten the, the bulb up again to flower again next year. So what you're seeing is a good thing. Then. Right. Yeah. yeah. So the, you have to let that plant do the leaf growth and you need to care for it. Fertilize it now that it's finished flowering. You can fertilize it once. Water as necessary. So, you know, just like any house plant, let it dry between waterings. Water thoroughly when you do water and keep it in a sunny spot. It will have, you should allow it to have leaves all spring and pretty much all summer. Many people will put the amaryllis outside in the summer and let it just be a green plant out in the garden. You can leave it in the pot, but you might want to bury the pot in the garden or leave it on the deck, whatever. Bottom line, uh, right through till August, it needs to be a green, leafy plant. And by about the end of August, then you say, okay, enough's enough. Stop watering. Put it away uh, in your basement or the garage or someplace where it's dark. The leaves will all shrivel up and, and turn brown and dry up and, and you know, blow away. And let it sit just in the dark with no water for 10 weeks and then bring it out. And you should, with after one watering, begin to see, slowly but surely, a flower bud emerge again for Christmas. It was beautiful. It was um, candy cane. Oh, nice. Oh, That's wow. a beautiful one, yeah. I've never had one before, and I just didn't want it. To, I didn't know what I was doing. Oh, they're, they're a great plant. Because like, it's just, they're so easy. It's uh, And they're so fast. They grow right before your eyes. That's that's right. So, oh, good for you. Well, I'm glad you had success with it. And the, so now your challenge will be to have success and continue to have success with it. <laughs> good. And I, I really enjoy your show. You really helped me a lot, you and Frank. Oh, oh great. great. Thanks, Shirley. Okay, bye. Bye-bye now. I know I sure always help. I, I was going to say I always rely on Frank when it comes to needing help. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, like the rooted <clears throat> plant, you know, in the subway. Let us see if Charlie Dobbin can be of help to uh, Joan in Brantford calling it. Good morning. Joan, welcome to the show. Yes, uh, good morning, Charlie and Frank. Frank, you're sharp this morning. Oh, oh he's I have to be that Sierra so, but good <laughs> for you. He's having a day. Uh, Charlie, uh, we have um, an indoor hibiscus, yes. and it's done blooming, mm-hmm. and it has been uh, cut back, mm-hmm. and uh, it's got quite um, a root, like the root is very dense. Mm-hmm. Should we cut that root down, that root ball? Well, do you want to pot it into a bigger pot, recognizing it's just going to become a bigger plant, or do no, you? No, we don't. Right. We're going to leave it in. It's quite. It's in quite a large uh, pot mm-hmm. now, but the uh, the root is so dense. Yeah, yeah. And well, they do. They're very vigorous plants, and the pot will fill. I mean, it'll even break the pot if you leave it long enough in the same pot. What I would do is I would wait. If it's a big plant. They're, they're kind, they're, it's a big deal to work with such a big plant. It's not kind of easier if you can do it outside. So I'd be inclined to wait until you're out on a nice day in the spring, whether it's April or May. And that way, you t- just tip the whole plant over on its side, pull it out of the pot. And yeah, absolutely. I've done this with a, with a you know, carpenter's saw or a big butcher knife or anything really sharp. And yeah, just trim the root away from the outside so that you, you can take a good inch or two all the way around that root ball, shrinking it down a good four or five inches by, by trimming all that off. And then back it, scrub the pot back into the same pot with some fresh soil around it. Plant loves it. Right. Okay, fine then. Okay. Thank, Thank you, you very much then. Thank You're you very for welcome. calling in. Okay, bye-bye. Delighted to have you on the air here at AM740 Zoomer Radio. And we do have time to have a chat here with Marilyn, who's calling in from Oshawa. Good morning, Marilyn. 
What I'm calling about is my aloe vera plant. Mm -hmm. About five years ago, it had a nice stalk on it with a nice bud, Mm. but it never opened right up. Mm -hmm. And so I separated it, but I see this year now I'm getting another flower on it. It's great. But I wonder what can I do that that makes sure that the bud will open up into a flower. Well, I mean, recognizing that aloe vera is a desert-like plant, it's a succulent. So you're obviously doing a lot of things right, just even to get it to flower. You've got it probably in a Lots of light. Well, it's in a sunroom, yeah, so it does get a lot of light. Yep, it likes a nice warm temperature during the day and a cool temperature at night. Yeah. Uh, of course, it does not want to be overwatered, so when we water, we water thoroughly, but not very often. Okay. I base it on the feel of the leaves. If the leaves are kind of getting soft and, and they even get a bit of a pucker to them, then you know it's time to water. It might be every two, three weeks, might be okay. every four or five weeks between waterings. And what otherwise. About fertilizing with it, that help? Does that help? Uh, yes, I would definitely right now probably give it a shot of fertilizer. Um, and what? How often? Like just the one shot, or? Well, I would do it now, and then I would consider with an aloe vera maybe every two months giving it fertilizer because you're probably watering about what every every couple of weeks. What I think of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is why you've got flowers. I mean, many people love their plants so much they they water all the time, and that's what right. kills aloe vera. So you're you're definitely doing something right. And the fact that you've got the flower is a good thing. The trick now is to get it to open, like you said. So keep doing what you're doing, but do give it a shot of fertilizer. I think you'll find that will help. Okay, then. Thanks very much. Thanks so much for your call. Thanks okay, for bye. joining the show here at AM 740, the Charlie Dobbin Garden Show, heard every week, every Saturday at the same time. <laughs> and we'll, I, I expect the, to be back again the, next the week. The sous chef, the undergardener, yes, yes. Franklin Proctor. I think we've run out of time for I, another caller I here. I think we have almost. Unfortunately. So I, I was just, I think I sort of alluded to the fact that I was in some pretty cool greenhouses this yeah, past Yeah, yeah, uh, down in the Niagara area. Last week. And um, yes, yeah, so, so some very nice plants. Next week, I am off to see 1,000 roses that are being forced in a greenhouse in Dunville for Canada Blooms. So for all you people that are looking forward to Canada Blooms, we got some really great plants uh, coming this year. Uh, As you know, I'm the horticultural director, and that's part of my job, is to get a quarter million plants perfect for a 10-day period in March. And I'm going to go and, sounds so simple. Go and see what these <laughs> roses are doing yeah. and see how well they're coming along. Yeah, of course, you uh, travel all over the province lining all this I up. I have and stuff everything. under glass everywhere. And it's all got to be ready to go. And right it's got to be perfect. And this year, because it's a two-week show or 10, 10 days, days yeah. uh, it you have to have twice the number of uh, plants that you normally would. Well, twice the number of flowering Flowering, plants. We will be doing a rejuvenation Mm -hmm. and replenishment halfway through the show because many of the bulbs, for example, the tulips and daffodils, Mm -hmm. will not last 10 days. Even after five days, they're looking a little peaked. So on the fifth day, that night, I've got a whole raft of volunteers. We're going to rip and tear everything apart and put it all back together again for Wednesday morning. Well, there you good go. stuff. Exactly. Hey, we'll be talking more about Canada Blooms as oh, we I'm go sure along. I'm sure we will. I want to get down to see Albert. I think that's... A, yes. I think the 20th is you, the you, one date they're going to meet. He's, make, he's make really, really fun. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. I know that uh, Alan Gellman and Dave Redinger are probably going to be having a word or two about the car show, which is in town. I, I understand on, on good authority that they each put an order in on that 1.7 million Aston Martin. Yes, I wonder uh, what, yes. Size more, what size uh, order they put in. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'll buy the Aston <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, thank you, Thanks, folks, very Frank. much. You're always the best. Have and a lot of fun. That's the main thing. David Gaskin, thank you very much for all your support. And thanks for all our great callers. Absolutely. For holding on like that, too, yeah. waiting on the line. We really appreciate all that. So we'll see everybody again next week.
This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.